Yo, it's a Village Idiot Podcast. This is Stu. We got a good episode for you this week. Really, we're just being sad about the Bears. You know, we cover college football. Um, talk about some rule changes where we might like. Um, just really hodgepodge of anything all over the place. It was a huge weekend in college football. Decent-sized weekend in the NFL. We'll touch on that Wednesday. Uh, yeah, so check it out. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, like and subscribe, get on the YouTube, all that fun jazz. Enjoy. Welcome to the Village Idiot Podcast. It's me and Jeff back again. Two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row. Got a streak going. Gonna see if we can keep it up. What's up, Jeff? It, it, it kind of reminds me of the old, uh, what was it, the ESPN, like, precursor to to the world we live in now, where it was, like, the streak for the cash, where you could start a streak, and if you get up to, like, 25 wins in a row, you won, like, some huge money, but in real terms, you would have been, like, a gazillionaire if you won a 25-team parlay. <laughs> but we, we've got two weeks in a row. We're just, we're, we're starting the streak. That's right. I, I, I never got past like five and I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. Just pick one game a day. You know, <laughs> it was like, but you had to do it every day. You remember that thing? Oh, yeah. I also remember, unfortunately, my Saturday <laughs> streaks didn't treat me well. It, it was a it was a bloodbath, man. <laughs> like, well, we'll get into that for sure. But <laughs> we, do, we do have to, you know, put put an asterisk on it that we said we claimed we were going to do another one last week and we did not. So yeah, even no, though we've we done two well, in a row, we never, we never, we, we always say we're going to do things. And we well, that's so because we weren't allowed to. So <laughs> mainly because I was in Columbus, Ohio, but there will be two this week. Uh, the streak, I was more or less looking at it as week by week, get something out there. The problem is, you and I are both fathers, and you and I both have real jobs. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll make it. We'll, we'll there, get about there, 25 sponsors on board, and we won't have to worry about that anymore. Right. The, uh, the Columbus scene was prohibited to that. It's just not a, it's not a good audio <laughs> setup in Columbus. <laughs> no, it was, it, it was is that, is that a is that an FCC uh, broadcasting across state lines thing? <laughs> it might be. It probably is. Was, that shit. Because I was time. fine with it, but I was like <laughs> mentally, I was mentally prepared to do one at about eight thirty on Wednesday night, and then I was like, "Well, he didn't call, so I'm not going to push the subject." I'm you also the, never called the agenda because <laughs> <laughs> I pro- I could have done it then too. It was just. Uh, we got one in last week. We got, We're going to get we one. We don't need to. It, it's like coming out of training camp. You're knocking the rust off. You know, we're we're like the guys who don't show up to Trent to OTAs. Like we're just now getting in their third preseason game, knocking the rust off. Also, not a lot of creative motivation to come out of Columbus, Ohio. So, huh? turns out that place sucks. So, <laughs> well, you know. I, um, I should have just stayed in my room and broadcasted the whole time because that place sucks. (laughs) 
Well, it was a, it was a lead into a couple of things, but we can go to the spin off the Columbus second. I, I, I listened to our podcast and while we had terrible audio, um, one of the things that I, I realized I was I was too hard on on our uh, on our uh, just I guess our subject of the week. We kind of we kind of went after him. I didn't realize when we we're doing it. Sometimes we don't realize that we're doing it when we're in the middle of it. Cause we're just self-deprecating by nature anyways, but I am the biggest, I'm wearing a Hurley shirt and a quick or a Hurley hat and a quick silver shirt. You know, this is what I want to sleep in last night. It's poser. in the morning. Yeah. I'm, I'm the biggest poser there is. And I talk, I did say that I was a poser last week, but I just want to say if we, if we told Justin, uh, Gamber, Justin that, Gamber, yeah. that we, that we thought he was a poser that I think he does a fabulous job in, in, in training, the, probably the best technical and possibly <laughs> one of the best, which is a, a thing to be the best in shape in the sport of boxing. You know, the best, one of the things that Caleb talks about is that he's always in shape. He doesn't have to go into camp to get into to shape or make a weight or whatever. And Hey, the guy, the guy's good at what he does. He just looks like Rob Dyrdek. And it's Hey, still if you want to get inspired, dude. I don't yeah. know. He might be a poser, but I don't know. Him. <laughs> I don't know. him, So I don't, I don't know his background, but like I said, I'm a poser. So I can't really, I wasn't being harsh on him. I was just calling him out. I was like, yeah, it looks like Rob Dyrdek. You know, I love, I'm a Peter Pan. I love watching Rob Dyrdek or Michael <laughs> Jordan videos to get inspired in the morning. Like when I don't want to get out of bed, I'll just put on like a YouTube a video of like <laughs> either watch Fantasy Factory or Michael Jordan. And that inspires you to live out your dreams. I mean, one of the, one of the things that we've both talked about is this kind of gives us the outlook. Hey, will we ever make it? Probably not, but we're at least having fun. And it's something yeah, that right. we all, I always wanted to, I always wanted to do this, but I never like felt like it, it ever aligned perfectly, even though it did a couple of times and I just kind of fought it myself. So now that it's a thing, we do this, we're getting somewhat better at it, but one of the things that we do is, hey, you, you gotta follow your, you gotta, you gotta follow your dream. And nobody wants to work in a cubicle their whole life, or you know, to register at a gas station. But <laughs> sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do to get to the end goal. So that there you have it. That's my uh, synopsis <laughs> on on my apologies to somebody that could have me killed in a moment's notice. Anyways. Which I'm not really worried about that. Whatever. But, uh, Whatever with that, that guy. <laughs> yeah, you always want to stir the the pots for for ratings on our our podcast, which isn't even a that's, thing. That's not accurate because you're the time, Stephen you're the Stephen A of Cheatham County. Don't ever call me Stephen A. I hate that guy. <laughs> the, skip, the Skip Bayless. Yeah. I, also, no, that guy's kind of funny. His little weird, kind of creepy dances. No, that, I mean, creepy. I'm sure that guy's an okay dude. You can still be a poser and be an okay dude. <laughs> I'm an okay I, dude. I, I've been yeah, told. I'm not saying I, I don't like, I said, like I'm him. A poser. I'm not. We never said I, I don't say I don't like him. I said he looked extremely terrified, and he's a poser. Maybe not a poser. Well, and he dresses like he could be a poser. Let me put it that. Well, way. We need to find out if he is. If he's sponsored by Vans, then he's not a poser. He's smart because he wears nothing but Vans. Yeah, but if he's sponsored by Vans, then Vans isn't smart. So I doubt he's sponsored by Vans. 
Like nobody even knew who he really was until he he was there last week. <laughs> you know. So um, all right, but what there's one other now that I've checked that off my little my little <laughs> quick you know, my production notes. Uh, the other thing was I did I saw this on Barstool. I think I couldn't sleep at three in the morning and was kind of surfing and the old Dublin dad, they call him. Did you see this? Urban Meyer. Oh, had 10 yeah. Days off, and he was out gallivanting in the night with his Ohio State no. uh, pullover, you know. They were the first ones deal. to kind of break it. And I'm interested to see where that goes. Because I was looking yes. on Twitter and they started. You know how they get sometimes. They went in full internet attack mode. <laughs> Like it was just coming from the clouds and big cat, big cat was leading the charge. (laughs) See, I didn't catch anything until I think it was this morning. I saw it earlier this morning. The thing is that's the only people, that's the only people I ever heard it from. Like I, it was, they had the contract, which I knew there was some kind of contract when he went back to coaching in Columbus, he had to say that he wasn't going to do this, this and this married to his job whatever heart condition whatever his deal is yeah but i but he's he always has preached the religious aspect of it am i right that he's on the straight and narrow that you know is he i could be completely a, off on this is he he's a, a bible banger no uh he, yes i think he, he is, might maybe. be a mormon so then there's nothing wrong because because his wife just chimed in and was like, she she took like a picture off of Twitter and then tweeted, I'm at home ba- and I'm babysitting. Like, but she was like, not, she didn't even miss a beat. Um, well, no, yeah, because. No, 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 he's not. He is, he is definitely not. He was going to be the coach at Notre Dame. They wouldn't have hired a Mormon. Yeah, but he was the coach at Utah. That's, I think that's what put it in my head where he might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. No, he's Catholic. Um, okay. Well, there you go. Well, yeah, uh, so he just went to confession. So he just went to dude, confession. Cincinnati. It. Cincinnati is a very Catholic area. I don't know though. Was he in Columbus or in Cincinnati? That was the thing. I he was in out. Cincinnati. So Probably. it was after it was the game. Yeah, it was after the game or whatever, and um, he stayed for a few days and apparently hit the light the the nightlife scene in that wonderful town of Cincinnati, <laughs> which. Yeah, you can, as far as I'm concerned, you can just keep the Ohio's just completely. So, <laughs> so, but you know, you're a guy like Urban. It, it was, it's going to be interesting because I saw Barstool reported it. Everybody knows how like mainstream media kind of feels about them. I didn't see anybody else really jump on the bandwagon. Um, so, so. It, um, it might get a, it might get a little dirty out there, which I can't stand. Urban Meyer, I think he's a scumbag. Always have thought he's a scumbag. I don't think he had any real heart problems when he left Florida, because all of a sudden he ended up at Ohio State. I think he was running because he had a goon squad down there in Florida, and he knew some some uh, graves were going to get dug up if he didn't get out of there and he got out of there right before him, because you're not going to convince me. He didn't know who Aaron Hernandez was, you know, he might not have when he recruited him, but Hey, 
yeah, people talk about Joe Pa and how nasty all that shit was and all that. And I get that. Trust me. I think if the things are true that are, were happening under Urban's watch in Florida, I don't know how you look at him under any different light. I think he knew, like I said, I didn't think he knew who Aaron Hernandez was. <laughs> but, I mean, that might be better suited for like a true crime podcast or something right. like that. Well, I just, I mean, I yes. Do I think that, I mean, with this, that we have a title. I mean, you know, when they, when they used to name sitcoms and then you'd be like, well, how do they, I never saw this title of the, you know, whatever episode that I was watching, the Seinfeld episode or something. And it had an actual title, but the hypocrisy in in sports and Urban Meyer would be right up there in the oh, Wikipedia, the, the Webster's Dictionary, because I think he was definitely we've, – we've talked about it, that at least Coach Cal doesn't act like he's not a scumbag. Like he just puts it out there like I'm kind of – or Bobby Huggins, number one. Yeah. Bobby Huggins, here I am. Come get me. <laughs> Bobby Knight was like that too. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? This is me, you know, take it or leave it. So I don't like the urban Myers of the world. And I did not, I was one that did not ever want him at Notre Dame. And that was part of the reason. Cause I was like, I hate scumbags that pretend that they're holier than now, like a urban Meyer. And he, you know, talk about the target, you know, and I, I just like the timestamps. They were, they were, they were putting that on there and they're like, well, it should be from the same night. Cause he's wearing the same. And it was like a pastel red, you know, like a kind of like a rosé. Yeah, nice little cues. So it, 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 it screamed and it wasn't a Jags. It wasn't a teal, a burnt teal, whatever burnt golden teal, you know, Jags half zip golf sweat, you know, sweater vest. It was Ohio State. I'm in Ohio. I'm going. Oh out. yeah. He wanted the attention. He was trolling. He man. was. He wanted <laughs> that. Yeah. He was definitely out for. What did they have him with? Like a little, like half a lap dance from some. It looked like about a 55 year old lady that had done a, had a lot of work done. But what, what I, I will uh, say about him in that video is he looked extremely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. He had his two hands clutching the front of the bar stool, like almost blocking his piece, you know, blocking his rig. <laughs> so I hate to say this. There could be an option where he was trying not to be an asshole, but I doubt it. Like, well, we'll, like, we'll next week's podcast or Wednesday night's podcast with apologies if that's the case. Yeah, when <laughs> I always like Wednesday, that correction, the corrections at the end of pardon, uh, pardon the interruption because because anytime you're listening to, to live TV radio, I used to correct people, you know, when they're calling a game, whatever it was, something oh, Portnoy did it, he was given a score and he kept saying 8.9, but it was a 7.9 was the score, but he kept <laughs> saying 8.9 in the comments. They're like, well, which is it, 8.9 or 7.9? Like, clearly, that's a 7.9 pizza, but you gave it an 8.9, <laughs> it was out of a food truck in Aurora. At the game, it was a New York slice. It oh. wasn't. It was no way. It was an eight nine. So anyway, <laughs> but but it, he kept saying he started saying seven nine, and then he started saying eight nine or whatever it was. I think it was that one that review. But you know that's that's the uh, that's the way that we'll police ourselves is we'll start the podcast with our apologies for 
for things that we for our takes that were that were inaccurate from the. Uh, My apologies will always be loose fitting. Yes, you're, because, you you're not an apologist. No, my well, I still feel bad about taking a podcast down over something like because um, that never should have happened. Sure. And I'll say that publicly. You heard it here. I'll probably I'll get yelled at for that too. But <laughs> I was against it. Um, but yeah, so that's th- that'll be interesting. I didn't. I did notice the awkwardness, but I didn't break it down as much as you did. But I kind of see what you where you're at where you're coming there <laughs> because i was like what a weird what is th- what am i looking at and then I what like, kind nah, of stance is on. that yeah what is that <laughs> and it was like it's at a bar they're like they're calling it a lap time. So i was like no that wasn't a lap time. A bar. i mean he is a football he's, guy so maybe that was like as close as he could get to like a three-point stance without getting on the ground oh, <laughs> you he know he was in a stool it was How about the bull rush how about, how about that though what if he is innocent of any wrongdoing and he's just getting how well you can't even go out and have a couple cuts at night did look a little messed up oh he was you can't do it you can't do that i've always said like hey i couldn't be a celebrity in today's day and age (laughs) way too many skeletons in the closet like i couldn't go out and unless you just unless you just own it like a chuck barkley or i'm trying to think of some other ones where they're just like yeah that was me i I like shane gillis I don't know who Shane Gillis is. Shane Gillis, he's a well, he's a Chicago comedian. He was the first guy to get kicked off like SNL when all the cancel culture started because he had a reference. He's hilarious. He has a new special out on YouTube. It's absolutely funny. But he his thing was when he got hired to SNL, he was so shocked because he was like, I mean, I know what I've said in the past. <laughs> like, <laughs> like eventually they're gonna get me. Oh. I'm not even talking about that because I would, you know, that's, I'm enough of a handful there, but on that front, but I'm talking about like just going out and being on the scene back in the day and been like, oh yeah, aren't you our, aren't you our uh, alderman? Aren't you the mayor? Aren't you, the, you know, don't you play for the, you know, Titans or whatever, you know, like <laughs> I would be like, no, that's not Aren't me. you and Blaine maybe, Bishop? <laughs> yeah. Aren't you Vince which, which which my brother had some great stories back in the day before Nashville got big, and they they, you know, the Vince Youngs, the um, the Steve McNairs, the Rob Baronises, the or whatever. I don't know if Rob Baronis was just an isolated thing or whatever. Rob Baronis, RIP, man. But but that that whole deal was he said was just intense because they were out all the time just getting yeah, lit but that was the way it was you know my my boy used to be downtown chicago was a, a sous chef at gibson's and he used to go out you know with some work friends or whatever and before he went back to his side you know the city in his little flat you know they paid him outrageous amount of money so he'd rub elbows with some of the the bulls and the bears and whatever and I don't know how that you can get away with that. Even like that was the beginning. Of smartphones is the end, right? Oh yeah, smartphones had to be the end. Nobody's carrying around a. a I mean, they had those digital cameras, but that I mean, you can dodge those. But smartphones, you can't dodge. Oh, it's, it's, it's definitely quick. smartphones. Hey, can I get a picture? The picture's already taken. You know what I mean? Hey, can I, I would get a say picture? it's smartphones and Facebook. Yeah, Cause, well, cause, well, but Facebook. Uh, in its infancy wasn't 
a social media outlet. No, I think it it came to that college communications, but I think it's, it's the one that made people comfortable enough to get on there and be psychopaths. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like Facebook is the dark web, bro. (laughs) I just saw one of I saw one of some ladies, some stupid lady doing a TikTok video, some TikTok dance in front of an Applebee's and Shaq Fu just comes out with his boys and is just, <laughs> just blows up the, just totally crashes her TikTok Is there video. a better dude on the planet than Shaq? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, from He's universally from loved. The, I, the ride-alongs with the, isn't he like a... Isn't he deputized? He's a police a, officer, a DA or something, or FBI <laughs> or something, or some county in rural Louisiana or something. Yeah, but that, that dude is—I just love—he doesn't have a big enough part because he wasn't involved from the beginning, I guess, on inside the NBA. Like he just kind of sits back, and then you got to really poke the bear to get mm-hmm. him going. But, like, when he's just in regular life, the dude is just, he's straight out of Shazam. Like, he's just, exactly. he just walks around like a genie. He's just like, what do you want? Oh, you want? Yeah, good, sure. He's like <laughs> Oprah. He's like Oprah on the streets, though. You know, you got to go to Oprah to get a car. Everybody gets a, you know, a new purse or whatever, whatever they do. But you, Shaq, you just, like, walk up and, like, Shaq, can I get, hey, Mr. Shazam, can I get a wish? Can I, I have $80,000 of school debt. And he'll be like. Okay, got you. You know, hold on. Makes a call, and then he's like, "Boom, your college debt's gone." It's like, dude's dude's cool. He is, <laughs> yeah, I, like that. That dude is the epitome of like coolness. Yeah, he's he's, he's just a like a he's a guy. <laughs> yeah, you you never hear anything negative about the guy. Really, I'm pretty sure. I know he went through a divorce, but I don't even think it ended up being like an ugly divorce. He's still very um, familiar or like very, very much involved in his kids' lives. Like, and, and because they're, they're all, is one of them in college now? I think he might be a freshman now, but he, I mean, obviously he has some athletic kids and stuff, but he, he's still very much, they seem like a cohesive unit. I would say him, and just universally loved people. The Rock's got to be up there too. You never hear anything bad about The Rock, besides the show The Young Rock stinks. <laughs> the Rock is the one of the most easy people targets to make fun of, but he's one of the greatest. Like yeah. I, I respect it. I respect <laughs> it. He should. They. You should. He should have been. What is it qualified as an Emmy for the the performances in W? Like the. The Rock and you know the Macho Man, Me Gene for for hosting it, like all those things should have been up for the awards. I mean, you can win an award for Survivor, you know, like why couldn't you win an award for the production? That was more of a soap opera. That was a soap opera for men, and The Rock should have been recognized for his ability to act. In, I mean, I know that half of the population in the South still believes that that's real. You know what I mean? Like, like eighty percent of the people that go to a Monday Night Raw think it's real, but the twenty percent that don't are just like, "Bravo, what a show!" Me and you are just like, 
wow. I mean, like, this is my Graceland. Like, that is an yeah, un- unbelievable performance. Because we know that it's an act. But I didn't know it was an act until I was, like, 16, probably. Like, I literally think I met Mean Gene and whoever, who did I meet? Somebody I met. And I was, thought it was, I thought that it was still real, I think. And I was like, wow, they're not even in character. That's weird. But it, like, I think I was 13 and I still thought wrestling was real. But they're, that's like the, you know, that's literally like Santa Claus, like finding out Santa Claus wasn't real when you find out that wrestling's not real. Like Cutler, have you had that talk with Cutler yet? You, he's no, not even dude. close to be, he can't wrap his head around that. You gotta I'm tell not August, the guy. You got to tell Augie not to, to to blow it for you. Like he can't. I'm not the guy who should be having that conversation with him because I can still blur the line sometimes. <laughs> so if I have the conversation with him, He's not going to get the. Uh, you can say what you want. I, I wouldn't cross Stone Cold in real life in fear of sure. a stunner. Yeah, yeah. You know, although that yeah. might be some pretty the, cool to be stunned. That's the that's the only wild card is if some of those neck braces were because those guys screwed up the moves and didn't perform the move right, and they actually did. I mean, people actually did get injured, but it was usually because they didn't perform the theatrics, the gymnastics correctly because it was so technical some of those moves you know For sure eddie eddie guerrero and ray mysterio jr could have paralyzed 50 people of 500 <laughs> people through the years if they didn't weren't really good at their craft dude i've met ray mysterio jr and he is not a large man i could mm-hmm. take him out <laughs> yeah. i could easily take ray mysterio jr out no doubt in my mind <laughs> it, you ought yeah. to see how he walks now i was doing an event i did GameStop up in Indianapolis and they brought in the big show and Ray Mysterio, I guess it was like what okay. WWE 2K or something. One of, one of those games. Huh. And, man, that guy, look, he walks like Forrest Gump before he ran so fast. He fixed his own legs. That's how Ray Mysterio walks. Well, I'm more impressed that GameStop has the prom- promotional allowance after the, the stock, uh, you know, uh, no, 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 this, this is pre, 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 uh, no, no, pre, okay. uh, stock frauds. Okay. Alleged. Then, <laughs> then, these guys, then these guys actually are probably broke because why would they be at a GameStop in Indianapolis unless they're broke and they're getting paid an appearance fee of, oh, no, they're, they're $250. Well, I want to, the big show can't be broke because he has a sweet sitcom on Netflix. <laughs> of course. And my kid loves it. <laughs> it is terrible. <laughs> Whatever it what it was his name. I think his name's Paul something. Yeah, Paul, Paul the big Paul Orndorf? Something. Paul Orndorf. No. No, that's Mr. Wonderful, bro. Paul Orndorf's Mr. Wonderful. You're right, though. I think Paul is right. Um well that that Shaq reference brings me to one thing that we didn't bring up last week, and then we were, you know, left out on a ledge where I thought someone else was going to steal my my idea. The blocking, the shack fooing of the field goal on the back end for the Justin Tucker NFL record, 69-yarder oh, yeah. to win it. But, yeah, the the – that could have easily been blocked. You were driving, I think, but I was. But yeah, the the ability to block the 
field goals on the back end is something that I think that needs to be explored. Um, I don't remember. It's right up there with whatever we were going to do. Oh, the reliever, the quarterback reliever in the NFL last year was our idea that we, yes, uh, which I still think is a good play. I mean, there's no reason you can't build a QB bullpen. Uh Also, I have an idea for fixing like the, the end of regulation tie to overtime. Like I think they should, they should let, so they should let the punter punt it out of his opposing end zone, and wherever that lands, the opposing team has to kick the field goal from there. Like well, that—that's the isn't that the last play of the game or the half? You can do the free kick thing. Isn't that kind of like that? No, I want it. I want it to come down to like penalty kicks where like both teams are lined up along the side, just Mm -hmm. making a tunnel, going nuts, raging, cheering on the kickers. Oh, in lieu of a tie after ten minutes, because they shortened the they shortened overtime. Sweet. You know that (laughs) overtime basically is one possession, maybe two, and then it's like two minutes. That'd be sweet. Can you imagine how Mm -hmm. pumped those kickers would be getting? So you're saying the punter punts from like free punts it from the back. He has to out of the end zone, out of the end zone, and then wherever it somebody just one person he has, has to, to land it. it between the hashes. If it lands outside the hash, it goes all the way to the right or to the left. Okay, all both teams are lined up on each side of the hash. All fifty-three men on each side screaming Does he get at each the rollout. Getting getting it pumped out, yeah, they can knock it back in. But wherever that punt lands, so if he punts it forty five yards, that's mm-hmm. where they're kicking from, and the opposing team has to kick. So the punters and the kickers are involved. Mm-hmm. That'd be sick, dude. Just trading field goals. So the it's kind of like didn't they start with the old drill? Um, where the two guys, where they put the, the ball on the 50-yard line and the two guys went and just creamed each other. I can't even remember the deal they called it. Oklahoma? The, <laughs> the Oklahoma drill. Didn't they start? Isn't that how you got the kick up, how you won the <laughs> coin toss in the XFL? So it's kind of like an XFL. Uh, no, they rolled you know, the like ball. Thunderdome, kind of like a Thunderdome type of scenario. Where Very like, similar. I, I like <laughs> it. I like it. It's probably got to be tweaked a little bit. So, so then – but. Yeah, I I mean I'm I'm for nuances. I'm for like the evolution of the game, but I'm just like so you know they somebody brought one back 109 yards the other week and then this one they literally the thing hits the ball, the post bounces up in the air and and over rotates through. But you can't tell me <coughs> even me at 40 about to be 43 in full pads, I could probably get up enough and just all you got to do is stop. just swap, swat it. You get your hand between the post and the ball. You're pretty yeah. safe. Ken Griffey <laughs> Jr. over over the wall, all you're doing is but that, then, should be, that should be legal, right? That's legal. Yeah, but then you'd have to deal with the dipshit defensive backs thinking they're good enough to return it. And, they, you know, they try to Ken Griffey them and catch them and bring them back in, return it. You know you'd have somebody try to do that. I don't know. I just because like, like the guy who returned 109 yards, if that wasn't a necessity, and he was just trying that, 
that that would be the stupidest play ever. Granted, it, in in the well, situation, no. Devin Hester did one, and Nathan Basher did one that were both similar. One was a field goal. No, both were field goals. I think, but, but they were both like they needed a touchdown. Mm-mm. Oh, see, then that's a dumbass play. No, Hester did the thing where he was going to kneel, and he kind of, you know, yeah, kinda, that's because it was a, Devin it was a Hester Sunday night. He's game. a dumbass. But Devin Hester had a lane. He's the, he the greatest return guy in the history of the NFL, in my opinion. But, However, but I think ass. that I don't <laughs> think that I mean I don't even care if people start taking out. I'd love to see something in it backfire or whatever. But no, that's what tell, I'm saying. You can't tell me that I said. I said to you, I said Tony Gonzalez. That was his his little touchdown dance. Is he dunked the ball over the goalpost, right? Mm-hmm. And he he is like number three in the NFL all time in touchdowns. So if that dude could get up every time and you know on the spot and dunk a what is he six five six six? There's no telling what some of these guys can how high they could get up and shack through that. I don't know why no one's done it though. Is what I'm saying. Like people have tried dumb shit all the time. You know Matt Nagy tried to drop back with five man protection thirty times or, tw- or 30, 30 pass plays and he did it twenty one times. And I think it was. Rex Ryan said, I wouldn't have done that with Tom Brady when gone five, five man protection schemes, you know, 21 times in a game. He's like, he's going to get his brains beat in. So why can't you think of that when you're watching tape or when somebody's screwing around? Like that's some, something you'd pick up, you know, kind of like in the, in, in basketball, when you're shooting the half court shots playing before the game, like somebody mm-hmm. should be screwing around. The, the kickers are running drills and, some guys just back there running D back drills on the other side and it just jumps up and swats it and goes, Hey, we just reinvented the wheel. <laughs> we just, we just invented sliced bread. Cause I'm telling you, I think that you could block a lot of long field goals. Oh, I'm sure you could. I, I just, I don't know why they had done it. You could definitely. Yeah. I don't know. That's three, Maybe that's the, three points. That's the game. Put a, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, Tony Gonzalez, any of the new tight ends are definitely prime candidates for it. Like Jimmy Graham before he was who he is now mm-hmm. could have definitely done it. Yeah, Kyle Pitts now. Yeah, sure Kyle, oh, Pitts Kyle, Pitts. Kyle Pitts is not a tight end. We're definitely getting to the point in the NFL where the evolution of the tight end is now just the tight end doesn't exist anymore. And they're just receivers. Like, there, you can't just keep calling guys tight ends just because Kyle Pitts is a receiver. Yeah, because what? Because they have broader right. shoulders. What makes them a tight end? They have a broader. Yeah. They they're a squared off, more squared off shoulder. No, like no. George Kittle, tight end for sure. Mm-hmm. Like those guys are tight ends. I think it has to have something to do with your forty. Right. It, it, that's it. I think that's the only way you could police it. Because no, Kyle Pitts ran like a four four, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, he that's hasn't he hasn't gotten off to the start that I think some people envision. But well, that's dump, because he dumpster. plays with that shithead yeah. Matt Ryan. It's, it's a, it is a dumpster fire over there. So we'll <laughs> oh get so me the, started on the Atlanta Falcons. What a joke of a franchise they are! I guarantee right. you, I could. I could probably recruit a 22-man roster. <laughs> Just – and maybe – I think we could score a point. We could get a touchdown. 
Well, because we're, feel we're like, definitely picking off Matt Ryan with that soft ass arm. Here's the analogy that I and I sent you um, something that it said that Devin. I don't know if it was Devin Hester's real account posted, but it was the the Bears. You know, had four four ten win seasons in nine years with Lovey Smith, and they've had two out of the last other twenty years since probably Ditka. I guess is what the analogy was or whatever was the, you know, it was like the QB where they've had, you know, the, the Packers have had two QBs in the last 40 years and the bears have had 40 in the mm-hmm. last 40 years. And they, they show the different things, but it was lovely on top, but it, but this is the analogy that I give people. I've started after watching it and you didn't really watch it last week, but I watched it and it was the, one of the worst, I think it was maybe the worst game I've ever watched where I was like, this is so bad we're so overmatched and it felt like we were drawing up the plays on our hands and uh, like, we're like, you block this guy, you know, like it went back to like, yeah. I feel like we're, we're at like yeah, a third grade. The coaching. We're at a, yeah, we're at a third grade coaching level and, the, and we're coaching against Belichick. Like it's such a mismatch. There's no adjustments. And then I don't, you know, in the game in the, you know, I know what a five man, you know, protection scheme is that's your five linemen or whatever. But I know that, you don't do that with a, you know, I'm, I look at things where I'm like, you don't go straight drop back five, seven step drops under center, whatever. There's ways to help a rookie quarterback. That's a learning thing. And I, when I see that uh, some, you know, it's Rex Ryan's job to, to analyze that. And Dan Orlovsky's was like fireman. But they, well, yeah. you got to have, you got to have <laughs> reasonings. And when they break down the tape, and they're like they they had thirty drop X and twenty one were the the minimum protection, which is five man protection, and they're like that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. And I'm like, see, okay, then I'm, that just validates my reasoning that we cannot find. When we talked about it last week, you cannot find why is it a precursor to be the head coach of the Bears that that you have to be. A precursor of, of a Bears GM to not be able to find a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, and the precursor of a Bears coach to not be able to game coach and not be able to coach offense. You know, Mike Tressman, okay, did a little bit, you know, there for two years or whatever he was there. But, you know, it was basically Jay Cutler just threw the ball to Brandon Marshall and Alshon mm-hmm. Jeffrey, you know, like, and Martellus Bennett. Like, it was just, I, I don't know, it felt good, but I don't know if it was that unbelievable of a scheme is what I'm saying. I don't I don't think he was ever given a ton of credit for that, although there was some pretty outrageous, gaudy, you know, offensive numbers. But he also had, like, Matt Forte. Like, he had a lot of weapons. So was he just playing pickup? Was Jay Cutler just throwing the ball around and – athletes are making plays which sometimes you can get away with you know absolutely not the vikings the vikings <laughs> got away with that you know with with dante culpepper and then randall cunningham and randy moss and chris carter and people like that in minnesota they just threw the ball up and people made plays like it wasn't it was mike tice's offense wasn't it you know like it wasn't reinventing the wheel yeah it almost there, there's a um interview with him, with cutler and i think was it Mike Martz that he had? Mm-hmm. Well, he had like nine Great different OCs. He, had, mm-hmm. he was talking about when he had Mike Martz and they played in uh, New Orleans. 
And Mike Bartz just kept telling him to do seven-step dropbacks, and he was just mm-hmm. getting blasted one after another, after another, after another. And he finally went to Mike Bartz and was like, hey, man, you know, you, you think you could draw up something different? And Mike Bartz was like, you just keep doing what you're doing. None of this is your fault. And he was like, <laughs> yeah, but everybody else kind of thinks it is. Yeah. <laughs> so – all right, there's another example. I forgot about the Mike Martz, you know, example. Mike Martz invented the greatest show on turf. Dick Vermeil got the credit, but Mike Martz no. got so pissed off because he was the Buddy Ryan, you know, of the of mm-hmm. that, you know, little dynasty. Mini- dynasty. <laughs> so, he, so he always got pissed because he thought that he was the brains of the operation. Mm-hmm. However, he comes to Chicago. Now, they have a great year. They make it to the – that was the NFC Championship team, I believe – um, I mean, NC championship game team. And then the year that, that Cutler talks about it in one of his podcasts, but the, I really, I've watched it live when Cutler threw the pick six against San Diego at home and they were seven and three. I really thought they were a super bowl caliber team that year. And he got hurt mm-hmm. making a tackle, trying to make a tackle on the pick six. Or something hurt, like that. Yep. And that was, I think those were the Mike Martz teams, but he also threw the ball. Remember he 115 times. He just kept dumping it to Matt Forte the one year. It wasn't like, it didn't feel like the greatest show on turf. It didn't feel like Tory Holt and Marshall Falk and uh, what's his name? Isaac Bruce. It felt like, yeah, this is fun. And it's kind of good, but it was like, what happened to the Mike Martz that just threw the ball around with Kurt Warner? And it's a damn the grocery boy. Yeah, if you looked at that Chicago team, um, they were definitely – I would say they were more talented than those St. Louis team, like top to bottom. I mean, you know. Yeah, because they probably I, had more talent on defense. Now, Lovey was the defensive coach on Well, and I'm just – well, well, when, I I'm, believe, when right? I'm talking talent, I'm talking more athleticism and dudes who can play that style almost in a different way, bigger, faster, stronger – just Brandon Martin, like you had animals, dude. But that it, just doesn't work. Even Why Cutler could work? move. You know, right. he can move. He, he had can to move. And Kurt Warner was a statue. Right. So to have a better arm with the athleticism should have been magic. And the mm-hmm. defense was loaded. Those were. I look back at those ten. Those those were some lost years there for sure. It's, it's it's on a lower scale, like the the you know the late eighties, the mid the mid to late eighties Bears should have won three so Super Bowls probably, you know mm-hmm. like they screwed up, but they they've talked about it. You've you know it's you can it almost is at nauseum. Like there's so many things about the eighty five Bears and like what what went wrong and money and greed and whatever everybody wanted egos and all that crap, whatever free agency, blah blah blah. So. There's that, but the right below it is the run, the Lovey Smith run, you know, that they should have won probably one, at least one, mm-hmm. but they should have been up there probably, you know, two, three times in the NFC Championship game at least because that oh. was loaded. That year Cutler gets hurt like you're talking about. I think that is – that's probably the year. You know, I mean, that's the year I think you're at least you're definitely in, in championship games. You you you're at least top four. Um, 
But what do you do? It definitely ain't this year. It's, it's, <laughs> tell you that, I'm but. telling you. It's getting to the point where I was thinking about it. So I was at the Super Bowl. It was in 2007. I'm like, good Lord. I, that is so long ago. Like, it's, fifth, it's 15, 16 years ago. But I'm like, man, I was in 2007. I wasn't even like all I, I mean, I was running a restaurant. I went down there. I probably spent four or five G's in like three, four days in South Beach. Like I was, I was like thinking about it. I was like, man, what a freaking run, you know? Yeah, dude. Like I was trying to, I was trying to get people down to get into the Super Bowl. I was trying to get them down from twelve hundred dollars to like, oh, let me, I'll pay you nine fifty or whatever. And I'm like, what was I think? You know, like that was the life. But I'm like, you know how long ago that was? That was a long. That was many moons ago. But that's how that's how bad this franchise has been for so long. And now we're getting into they haven't won a Super Bowl since 1980, January 26, 1986. That is going to start creeping up on those Cubs and White Sox and Blackhawks list. Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's starting to get pathetic. And there's nothing better. Nothing's getting better. You know, people have talked about the death text. There was another article that I shared with you in Barstool talking about which which my boy, you don't know Hub Arkish, but Hub Arkish used to be like the color man for Bears uh, radio, big guy in um, Chicago. He's uh, pro football weekly, but he's the he's basically the talking head of, of Chicago football. He's the, the king um, of, you know, all about the Bears since I was yeah. a kid. Everybody knows him. Um I call him the Dougie C, the Doug Collins, the Steve Stone. He's the he's my guy that just knows is the, the Obi-Wan, the sensei of of football knowledge. Um and he was he's been preaching about that if Virginia dies, that they won't be able to afford to keep him for for probably 10, 12 years. And but I know the tax laws change with presidents come, you know, Republicans, Democrats do different things. With the death, with the death tax and stuff, but they said, you know, the thing that I wanted to touch at was, what do you think is going to happen now? I almost think that if everybody had an exodus, done the exodus from Illinois, that we're setting up for two teams in Chicago again because I think you're going to alienate. You don't know the setup of the city. You kind of do, but you know, your mom was from the the south side. Yeah. I was from the north side, but. You're setting up a thing where it's hard to be a Sox fan on the north side because it takes two hours to get to the stadium. To get mm-hmm. to the, the cell. It's a road it's trip. A, it's a road trip, man. You can you can take, you can go into the city. It's going to take you three hours if you want to take the train all the way in, switch trains, take the red line out, get off. That's going to take you three hours. So if they put the Bears in Arlington Heights, I think they're going to alienate a lot of their fan base. Now, it's what everybody else does anyways, and they get away with it. But I'm almost thinking there's been rumors of it. I don't think the NFL's got room for it. And I don't think that the, the Illinois is falling apart. I don't think they have yeah. more. But I guarantee they'll take a swing at somebody coming into Soldier Field if they go, which they bought it. It's happening. They're going to Arlington Heights. But it's what I'm saying oh, is done. All, all my hardcore friends, when I called my to get tickets to a Bears game, the first people I called were all my season ticket holders. You know where they're all from? You know – the west, southwest side, Evergreen Park, Beverly, you know, those are the people that mm-hmm. had Bears season tickets and Blackhawks season tickets. Those are the people that I would call. And then they were all the guys, people that I went to, I went to college with. 
their whole family would all for 40, 50, 60 years had a bear seat ticket. Now that you're telling me they're going to drive instead of 25 minutes into the city, they're going to drive an hour and 25 minutes to Arlington Heights. I don't know about that. And now it's pretty accessible from the interstate. You know, it basically like a Vietnam vets. You just yeah. on the spur over to the stadium. And I used to play, Hey, I played travel soccer, indoor soccer across from the, there. That's how I learned how to bet the ponies was at Arlington. You know, like it's about, it's about 25 minute drive from my hometown. It'd been awesome. Cause I could just literally, I could take a train from about two, two thirds, three quarters of a mile from my house, maybe about six, eight blocks, I could hop on a train and that would take me right to the stadium. <laughs> no, that's, and, and that's I know amazing. what they're, that's some easy access. I know what they're, they're looking to do. Have you ever been down to Atlanta to the SunTrust Park, mm-hmm. the, yeah. the new Brave Stadium? I know that's part of the angle where, you know, Wrigleyville is Wrigley, like, but it was organic. A lot of it, mm-hmm. and they, you know, they originally it was organic too. Yeah, originally it was organic, but SunTrust Park is basically a manufactured correct Wrigleyville. It's got the bars and all that stuff. I think that's the angle they want to play out there. And then you got the ponies and stuff. Basically, it's a weekend destination. Now, if you look at it from that angle, like I'd love to go up there for a weekend, and you know, Saturday hit the track, yeah, do all that stuff. Um and soldier, yeah, but, but what do you soldier mean by the track? Not they're not keeping anywhere. they're not keeping the track there, are they? Yeah. Oh, they are. I thought they're no, demolishing the track. No, 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 no. Wait, there's they're not keep, enough room for all that. I don't. Think. They're keeping the track and building. So you and got that's all right. So you got U.S. Highway Route 14, which goes mm-hmm. right into Crystal Lake Mountain. So it's like I said, you know, you just and it shoots the the train goes right down that. The, the Northwest Pacific Northwest, uh, mm-hmm. the, the line that the Metro line, you know, the suburban commuter line yeah. straight down that highway all the way into the city. So it's, it's a, you know, five, five, six lane, whatever turning lane in the middle. It's, it's basically like a, you know, like a Wilma Rudolph in Clarksville and it's just stoplights and whatever. And then you got the train track. So that's your one border. You can't go anywhere there. And then you've got uh, Illinois 53, which is like a, um, it's kind of like a Vietnam vest. That's your border on one side, basically. Maybe you got a little bit in between there. I don't think there, and then there's, I think 83, Illinois 83 comes in. I don't think there's a lot of room to do a whole lot. Now they had a lot of parking, but I don't think. Just make a miniature field like Soldier Field. (laughs) Yeah, right. Make another mini field. They said they need an 80,000 seat stadium, but I don't know what, that's what I was what? originally bringing up. Like, what do you, where, what's the end goal here? What is that doing? The, it's, it was a hundred dollars and now it's worth 3 billion. What do we, what do we do? And we haven't, there's been no more success when it, when the operating budget was, was, a, was a thousand dollars versus the operating budget being whatever it is now, 200 million a year. I don't even know what it is. But there's no, there hasn't been any difference in the quality of the product. It's, oh, it's gone down. It's gone down <laughs> through the years. So what, what I'm saying is, if this is their, this keeps this in their family. What, what does that do to our future? Is this, the, is, did this actually, pardon the pun, create a death sentence for a fandom? Because all we're going to see is the same garbage. Like, how much can an owner? I know Daniel Snyder can screw up a franchise, but how yeah. much can an owner help us? They, they say Robert Kraft 
fixed the Patriots. You know, Jerry Jones, does he screw up the Cowboys? I don't know. Can How much can an owner – I know in baseball you can not write checks or write checks. You know what I mean? Because there's a sal- there is no salary cap. So in baseball, it's an ownership is, group is big. The Cubs went cheap. They, they, they totally went cheap, but they bought the, you know, the championship basically or whatever. But, they're, mm-hmm. you know, Steinbrenner buys championships. He has been forever. But what I'm saying is – what in football, how much does money and good ownership positively affect and how much does bad ownership negatively affect the, the products on the field? I don't know. Can, can it, is it that big of a deal? Yeah. Everyone complains about it, but is it that big a deal? I don't know. I would say, you know, at least with the Cowboys, you have Jerry Jones, who definitely affects everything, mm-hmm. but seems to affect it in the way more positive than negative like he at least spends money on talent like he at least does these things he at least at least he'll do a hard knocks he'll he does things to keep the interest and keep it america's team so to speak yada 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 but he has the bears just seem like they don't want to have fans it's like jerry jones was teed up though right like he had it teed up when he took over yeah, he, but he, has but he hasn't gotten anything. But he hasn't gotten anything in two generations, right? Like it's basically been two generations since his team was relevant. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, Tony Romo was kept them relevant, but it was more of a laughing stock. Like they're his, probably his, his autonomy years behind the Bears, <laughs> right? His autonomy, like I agree with you, he's involved in every. You know, if they if they put an, a billboard up on a side street and he knows. You know, yeah, he knows about it. He signed off on it. Like, I don't know how he is so involved, but I agree that I think he's done. He's not afraid to spend money. He's not afraid to try things. He's He d- has done some good things, and I like the way that he will swing and miss, and he'll trade up in the first round if he wants a guy or whatever. But has it gotten him anywhere? I don't know that it's gotten him anywhere because he's – that was the thing with Daniel Snyder. In the beginning, he spent all the money – he uh what was the guy albert hainsworth that was the that was the crowning example mm-hmm. the prime example he spent money but it was square pegs and round holes where you you can't mm-hmm. just spend money you can't buy it yourself in the nfl you can't buy a championship and that's basically the reason why i'm saying can you lose because of the ownership because it i don't think you can win now robert Kraft supposedly was a fan a fanboy like you sit in the bleachers and watch the you know, in the sixties or whatever, when they were in the AFL, the Patriots, blah, 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 he buys them. How does he fix them? I don't know. I think he just gets, don't you think he just strikes gold? You know, he hits oil. Like he catches lightning in a bottle a little bit. Did he really, you know, it's easy to say when you're winning and all that, like, Oh, you did a great job. Did he, you know, did the bulls do that great of a job or did they have the greatest player that ever played yeah, in, nah. sport in the history of mankind? you know, just happened to not get drafted by yeah, Portland. Yeah, he happened to end up in Chicago. Right. Like, that's um, – well, there's luck involved in everything. I don't know. Like, I just – I want the Bears to fire Matt Nagy immediately. <laughs> but we're sick. We've talked about this. It just means that we're that further away again. I know. <laughs> how, many, how many times you got to hit the reset button? I'd probably just rather – let's go ahead and – hit it because we're going to hit it eventually and it's going to be the end of the season my my worst fear like 
my my worst fear is they don't hit it again next season. Like, and we've just ruined Justin Fields. <laughs> like well, that's that, thing, yeah, yeah, that's terrifying to me. And I don't know if we're that far off from it. You know what they kind of how they kind of <laughs> ruined them. And this is getting back to our boy Cuddy Sark is because he talked about it in one of those uh, podcasts. You know they. That game where he got done and he goes, the preseason game, I think it was the Dolphins. He's like, yeah, everything was pretty slow. Everything was yeah. pretty easy. But then <laughs> Cuddy Sark was, and this is something that I, you know, I never played, you know, major college football. I, I never coached. I haven't coached in 20 years. I don't play video games on the reg. I never played in the NFL. So I don't, the intricacies, I'm more in generalities and big picture, like we just talked yeah. about. But when you when you talk about specifics, I can understand them, you know, packages, coverage packages, whatever, blocking schemes, theater, whatever. Okay. So so we're talking about it. And he goes, Hey, did you and I don't even remember the play, but they ran some, you know, everybody runs base defenses in preseason because they're not going to show anybody anything. Mm -hmm. And the Bears ran some bullshit misdirection, you know, offensive play down by the goal line and it the guy was wide open and, you know, blah, blah, everything looked great. And Cutler's like, man, I don't know who he's talking to. I think he was talking to, um, what's his name? Josh old, McCown. Uh, Maybe it was Josh McCown. It was somebody like Josh McCown. Either had Josh McCown on or somebody. He else had Josh next, McCown on one. It was the next, it was the next quarterback or something. And he was like, man, that was some Bush league stuff. He goes, he goes, good. You know, they don't ever, you never play somebody in your division really in preseason because they don't want it to come back and haunt them, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to show them anything again. Yeah. But they're like, man, I would put that in my memory bank because that was some serious Bush League stuff. But who cares? Like, if you get shown up in the first preseason game, you're not going to get, like, who yeah. cares anyways? But they might have ruined Justin Fields because they got him thinking, oh, well, this game's easy, you know. I know. When in fact, they were doing some some total bush league stuff that I guess to give him some confidence, but it might have backfired. I don't know if I ever told. So Justin Fields went to high school where my mom worked before, and I was enrolled in that high school going into my junior year. I decided not to go to it. Um, it it's Harrison High School. It's a metro Atlanta suburb. It's about twenty five minutes away from where. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is from that's that's literally like that that's where I'm from and um it, it is it is the complete opposite of a tough area <laughs> like it is it I when I look at I don't know how tough Justin Fields is and I I have those quite and, and one thing I'll say I don't know how confident Justin Fields already is he does not seem like he carries himself confidently to me like a lot of people mm. think he does. And when I look at him saying stuff, I see the opposite. Like, I don't believe that he believes what he's saying. I think he's just <laughs> saying the things he's supposed to say. I I'm, I like Justin Fields. I think he's mega talented. He's got all the tools. I don't know if he has it between the ears. I mean, he left Georgia left UGA because there was a quarterback competition, basically. I mean, let, let's call that what it is. <laughs> and went to Ohio State, which is fine. You know, that's, that's well and good. But there was no competition. He was, he was going to be the quarterback at Ohio State. There usually is. 
Yeah, well, he, that. he yeah, exactly. <laughs> usually you have a usually you have a half a year window if that's even a thing to fall in in the pecking order at Ohio State because yeah, it's, no, it's been one after, kinda, it's been one after another of basically super talented people. Yeah, but he let he did not beat Jake Crum out of the quarterback job in, in Georgia. It's I like I said I like the dude. I think he has all the skills in the world. I'm not sure. If you look into his eyes when he's giving a press conference or so, I don't know if I, and not that I'm the fucking authority on it or anything, but I don't know if I see, I don't see that killer like some of those dudes. Like when you look at Aaron Rodgers and we as Bears fans know specifically, you know your world's about to end. Aaron Rodgers (laughs) is from, Aaron Rodgers from Northern California. That's the scary part. He might not have had that. Like he went to the, he went to a JUCO. He went to, you know, like did did could you see it in Aaron Rodgers? I didn't see it, but but he has it. I don't no, know. yeah, Josh, no, you're but right. I think you're either born. I think you're either born with it, like kind of how, how you think. And I see what you're saying. He's not from the mean streets of of Atlanta. He I don't ATL. think he has a killer mentality. I, I do but, not. <laughs> that's going to be exposed in Chicago because exactly. there's one place that you have to be mentally tough. Exactly. That's why I always thought Kobe should have came to Chicago. Like he he had the mentality to make it work there. Um, I don't yeah, see like, that in Justin Fields. Uh, Derrick Rose had the killer instincts, but didn't have the mental. He couldn't. He couldn't process. I think he's he a great example. The, he couldn't put that shell up because all the weight of the city was on him, and he was still. He kind of had that. Uh, Peter Pan, My- Michael Jackson, like he every he wanted everyone to like him type of mentality. Free brothers the were whole so, super tough, but they protected him. And he's from you know one of the worst areas of, mm-hmm. of the city. But they Reggie they, Rose, they baby. Bu- but they put him in a bubble and they protected him because they didn't want him, you know, to be the next uh, Benji, the the guy from that got shot or whatever in the same high school in the eighties yeah. that was going to be, you know, the the. The they did a thirty thing. for thirty on right, 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 Simeon. Right. Yeah, so they so that's one where I'm with you. I think, but I think that you're going to be exposed in in Chicago exactly. if you can't if you don't have that. You know, there's there's very few people. I, I said I've told people that you know McMahon just didn't play there long enough. It got hurt too much and was too was had too many concussions to have it all sink in and feel the brevity it's it's the weight it's the brevity it's it's a weird thing and you'd think that new york would have the most la doesn't have it and they've always talked about it there's too many things going on in la Mm -hmm. there's too much there's glitz and glamour there's there's the beach there's this there's you know there's celebrities that whatever you don't fall you're not put up on the pedestal they always say that the usc football team is bigger celebrities than the anybody on the rams or the Raiders or whoever, whoever else played there through the years. And you'd think New York, but same thing. New York's got too many things going on. It's in, it's bad in Philly. Philly is you're under a microscope, but I hey. think there's, there's not the perfect storm only exists in Chicago because there's one team. If there was two teams, it would be different, but you know, it happens. It happens in with the Cubs. I think uh, some of the people didn't realize it, like a Lupinella didn't realize that Dusty Baker didn't realize what it means. And it didn't, it didn't used to be as big a deal. 
to be the the manager of the Chicago Cubs, there's a lot of weight on your shoulder. You know, Joe Madden, he got it. He didn't. Re- I think he kind of got it, but he didn't until you're there and you're living it. You're like, shit, this is a you know, Ozzy, Ozzy still should be the the manager of the White Sox. Like Tony La Russa, mm-hmm. you know, he's gonna get a pass because he's got all the rings. But they they he's had some instances, and that's on the south side, which is a is not as much. I tell people it's probably two thirds to three quarters more Cubs fans than there are White Sox fans. It's just the reality of it. And it's not, there's nothing, you know, it's, I'd, I'd, it'd be cooler to be, you get more street cred if you're a White Sox fan. You know, I got buddies that are White Sox fans, got plenty of them. And they're almost the rebels, you know what I mean? Like, cause Cub fandom is more soft and more white collar and it's more, you know, let's go get drunk at the game and then the game's going on or whatever. But I grew up, you know, keeping score with my dad, taking the, you know, the Skokie Swifts, you know, and getting off the train and walking down, you know, like that was a thing, the Ivy, a day game. Like it wasn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't become a a Cub fan for other reasons, but it's definitely you're the softer of the two fandoms. However, you know, it is tough, much tougher to be a Chicago Cub than it is to be a Chicago White Sox. Especially right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, now they don't care because they sold the team. You know, nobody cares anymore. But it was <laughs> it was for, for a good, you know, Sammy couldn't handle it. You know, like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that couldn't handle being on the, under that microscope all the time. And it's Kerry Wood. Kerry Wood couldn't handle it. Mark Pryor struggled with it. You know, you know started, good John Lester. John Lester was John Lester's. A, he's a he's a dude. I yeah, was a big is. fan of John Lester. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um, Mark Grace. Mark Grace is one of my all time <laughs> favorites. I mean, that's I, Sean Dunstan. Shawan Dunstan. I don't think <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he ever had that. He was he was a he never about really a cult, was good enough to need talk to about a cold figure talk about a cult hero do you know that he Ryan was the number one Sandberg and eh, he was soft I don't like him you know he never <laughs> dove for a for a ground ball he didn't no. he didn't want to get his jersey dirty but uh, Mark Grace was smoking like cowboy killers in the dugout and that dude was that that was a he could that rake. was an old school that was an old school baseball player dude. And I loved me some Mark Grace, but yeah, he was he was an old school first baseman. Mm-hmm. He was what every first baseman looked like. Will Clark, like they Jack were Clark. all those guys. Jack Just Clark, Jack Clark on the Cardinals for a while. Will tall, Clark. lanky, slow white dudes who ripped yeah. heaters between <laughs> innings. <laughs> like, no, yeah. I, I I get what you're saying. I think the. Yeah, the the White Sox are definitely the rough and tumble group. Um, mm-hmm. I think with Chicago, you get where in New York you don't see it as much because it not Chicago not even close to what I'm about to say. But New York is so unionized labor in a different way that you don't see. I think Chicago, you get just an influx of Midwesterners outside of Chicago. It has a blue collar vibe still. Like where they're so you get that big city, you know, New York style media, all that deal. But then you get also blue collar, which you don't get in New York and L.A. Like you just get like a combined. It's like taking it's like taking Pittsburgh fans and Mm -hmm. and New York fans and mixing them. 
or like Cleveland fan, like they're the mm-hmm. perfect storm of rough and tumble, but we also are pretty high class around here too. Like it, it's just a weird dynamic. And I think that because you don't know which way to go. You don't know if you're a coach, you don't know whether to be, you know, Joe Torrey or, you know, one of those guys or be uh, Andy Reid or, you know, Mike well, Tomlin no, look, or these. The Zen, the Zen master, Joe Madden. Joe Madden mm-hmm. was more like a Phil Jackson type than yeah. you know, Tony LaRusso is more like the Mike Ditka type. You know what I'm saying? Ozzie Gian was more on the exactly. Mike Ditka. Mike Ditka. But, but I agree. It's a, it's a, I just hope, I hope that you're not right. I, I have seen it. I haven't vocalized it much because I'm not, I'm not seeing as much me. of his press conferences <laughs> and stuff as I would have when I lived there where you, you know, you're seeing it on the news, you're seeing it on the or whatever. It's just constantly flowing through you. But I've definitely thought that, you know, Hey, I, I didn't remember. I forgot about the Georgia, the transfer thing. And I don't know what the thing was, his sister and whatever. We've talked about it a little bit, but the, but the, I, the lack of competition and then, well, you're going to have to find, we're going to find out because things are going to go bad because this team's, not very good and those no. and they're and they're not they're trotting them back out here today and we'll see but i hope that they at least give him a better chance but I'm, i don't trust that he is a good of you know he's not good at adjusting he's not there was a there was a, another little meme on something that, that i caught on social media and it was the picture remember the fun bunch like they had the fun bunch dances and two or three years ago with the bears um, when they the touchdown dance where they get everybody and they do like choreographed little mm-hmm. things, you know, club dub, whatever. But this was in game and they were doing these whole things and they were, some of them were bad and some of them, you know, the idea of it was kind of cool, but they were doing the touchdown celebrations and it was the picture and it said the Bears went 12 and four with Matt Nagy as their coach and Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback. How good of a defense was this? You know, like <laughs> how much did we really? But it was like that's what you feel like for forty years. I feel like they've just been totally wasting some of the best talent that's ever stepped foot in the NFL collectively on it on a team on it in the some of the better defenses generationally have been in the last forty years have been in Chicago. And they've wasted all of them. Like, you think about it, you know, obviously the Ravens, you know, the Ray Lewis Ravens. There were some San Francisco defenses that were good. You know, there were some good Pittsburgh defenses, you know, Dick LeBeau, blah, 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 whatever. There's been some good defenses that were, you know, three, four years. you got to qualify where it's – but I don't know if there's been more than one besides in Baltimore, except with the Bears. Has there been generational defenses in the last, you know, 30, 40 years – Besides the late '80s Bears, I feel like uh, Pittsburgh, two thousand with Troy Palomalu. Yeah, yeah. I, well, that's what I mentioned: Dick LeBeau, Troy Palomalu. Yeah, but they've 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 maybe had two runs, probably two different runs of good defenses. Yeah, but and the Ravens have had two to three, probably two different. You know, they probably been, rebuilt a couple times with Ray Lewis been, and then one other one. It's been the Bears, Ravens, Steelers, or mm-hmm. or the. Definitely the defensive juggernauts of modern day football. The the um the Bears are fortunate, like you said, because literally if if they don't have those defense defenses, like you're the Browns. The Jags or the Bengals. You're the Jaguars. Yeah, you're the Browns. Like but um, but but think about it. 
how many rings did those two other towns have? Those two other cities. Baltimore's got two, and Pittsburgh's had two, right? Yeah, they both had. And how close? And how close? How close have they been? Flacco. Well, Lamar Jackson. But the. But think about how many times they've been up there in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, Flacco. Division champs. Well, no, Flacco playoffs. that year was a stuck. Flacco yeah. did have a couple years where he was just an animal. Uh, <laughs> He's just their absolute a- bum now. <laughs> it just, it just, all of it adds up to just making it sad. And <laughs> exactly. It's, it's just sad. All of it sad. adds up to no happiness. No. It's raining outside today. The Probably going to lose to the line. You got your shirt on. I don't. I I don't even have a shirt. I don't even have any. I got my mug. I got. I got my Bears coffee mug. This shirt was the first thing on top of my dresser, my friend. (laughs) There was not a lot of effort looking for it. Um, What I will say is today's game um, definitely leaned towards the. It leans towards the type of game the Bears win, and everybody says the ship's righted. Or where Matt Nagy can come and do a press conference and be like, I told you guys, you know, yeah. everything's okay. <laughs> you know, we beat the Lions by a field goal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're we're just fine. This is the kind of game that he wins. Because if Matt Nagy wins the games he's supposed to win, and that's the hardest thing to fire a dude because he wins games he's supposed to win, he just loses a lot too. <laughs> you know. Yeah, the the, of course, they didn't do anything impressed. I, I got the lions. I got the lions in in my part. You know, I think I I got them plus three. Yeah, you faded your straight. Own team. I got them straight. I think well, I, I literally lost. Yes, every I did bet yesterday, dude. So <laughs> so let's talk about it. So so the Pac-12 still sucks. So they're done. Yeah, Cincinnati. Cincinnati's <laughs> in now, right? If they don't lose, they're in. You can Pretty only get much. one Big Ten team. So, so the Big Ten looks strong. They're going to participate. ACC is garbage. The uh, SEC gets one, maybe two if Cincinnati loses. And then the Big 12, if one of them runs the table, OK State or uh, Oklahoma, then they get in. That's it, right? If Georgia Cincinnati's, wins Cincinnati's, out. Yeah. Cincinnati's going to get in. You're going to have, well... Yeah, Cincinnati should get in. They just have to win, which shouldn't be a problem for them now. Um, I'll tell you what, Alabama impressed me yesterday. I was nervous about that game. And gosh, I took the over. And it's I did too. Close. And then I realized Alabama, I realized Alabama's defense is actually good. Like they're uh, when they want to turn it on, they can turn it on this year. They're back to kind of that because um, – and, and Nick Sabins, I don't know if he'll ever let a former yeah, assistant that, beat him. Assistant beat him. <laughs> I don't know if he will. I mean, that's – talk about talk – He's about the, the best college coach. football coach ever, right? I mean – He I has to be. <laughs> I don't see – I can't argue with that. Um, he has to be. Bear Bryant can't be like I think he surpassed nah. the bear. I think he surpassed the bear. And then yeah, well, it's, I don't know who else is it. Joe Pa now. Now I will Bobby say Bowden. Who's the old school ones? Newt Rockney, Era Parsian. No, no. What I mean, who's left? I mean, it's too the the, the eras to play in as many games in that division 
of that conference. People don't understand that division, that division of that conference. He did it two, two different ways, two different ways. He did it with LSU. He did it with Alabama, but that division could be a full conference, a power five conference. That division is so dirty. And then now they're going to add, who are they going to add? Texas and Oklahoma. What are they doing? Like this is the most murderous row. Like, I mean, when you talk about like, all right, a week off in the, in the West is going to Starksville or going to Oxford or, you know what I mean? Which, like, and people say they want in three years, uh, two or three years. I wouldn't be shocked if Ole Miss wins a national title would not shock me in the least bit. Lane Kiffin is a good football coach and people need no, to open but their is eyes. He, but is he ever going to have the defensive, you know, is he ever going to have the, the correct balance to win in the, you can't win in the. I don't think you can win. You can't outscore people in the West all year long. Even the LSU team two years ago played some defense. You know what I'm saying? I o, have. Oh, is a defensive. Eddie O is a defensive coordinator. You know, he's a defensive coach. So they they lit up people with Jamar Chase and you know Joe Burrow and all that. You know, Clyde Edwards-Helaire and all that crap that they had. But they played defense too. I bet you they had four first round picks in two years off of that defense. I'm guessing just off the top of my head. I also have a theory. I also have a theory that in four years, when Saban when his contract's up, um, Lane Kiffin might come back to Alabama. Yeah, that's possible. I think it's him or Dabo. Yeah. People always say Dabo won't leave Clemson, but I don't. Clemson stinks this year. I I wouldn't leave Clemson to go to the SEC West when you're adding Texas and Oklahoma. No way. Yeah, no, I agree. (laughs) I'll stay right where I'm at in Clemson. I'll play Wake Forest, NC State. (laughs) You're not going to stand out in that conference for sure. Boston College. Yeah, go ahead. I'll play these guys. No, I do. I am. um, I. I think Ole Miss has a very bright future under Lane Kiffin. Um, but, no, I mean. Well, it was I, it was some, some surprises yesterday, but w- what hit me was Cincinnati's now got the inside track. The Big, the Big Ten loses to Oregon, who loses to Stanford. You know, I always want to use the distributive property because I come from a family of mathematicians, but you can't use it sometimes. But it's like, okay, you know Ohio State's probably going to beat Michigan. You know Ohio State's probably going to beat, you know, somebody else in the in the Big 12 North or whatever they call it, the East, whatever division, with you know, that's loaded. But you got Iowa undefeated on one side, and you got Michigan State, Penn State, you got Ohio State, and you got uh, – who am I missing? Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State all sitting there on the other side. One of those teams is going to the playoffs this year. The Big Twelve, or the Big, the Big Ten will be represented. I don't know if the Big Twelve is going to be represented, and I know the Pac twelve is not going to be represented, and I damn sure don't think that the ACC is going to be represented. What Wake Forest is the only undefeated team left, and I, I do tell you this though, and it's about to change because Cincinnati is going to the Big Twelve when the when they leave when Texas and Oklahoma leaves. But I think that a power, a non-power five team, I think you can include Notre Dame in that. I think that they should, if they're if they're in the running to go to the um, to the playoff in the four team playoff before they expand it, which is happening now in a couple of years, anyways. 
But I think they should have to play one extra bowl game to get there. Like if Coastal Carolina is undefeated, I want to see Cincinnati play Coastal Carolina just to make sure because they don't their their schedule the rest of the way is garbage. They're in the AAC. They got like Temple, Navy, Tulsa. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're not playing. So if you're going to go undefeated, if you want, okay, you beat Notre Dame, you beat Indiana and Bloomington. You, you went to Bloomington and South Bend. Okay, Indiana's not that good. They just got beat twenty four nothing in State College last night. Notre Dame's not that good. They went to overtime with Florida State. Like, what do you want to tell me? I don't. I don't believe either of those teams are as good as they were last year. So, what you, what you did isn't as impressive. So, I want to see you play one extra game. I don't care if you don't play your Memphis and the AAC crossover championship or whoever the hell you're supposed to play. Don't play SMU in the in the AAC championship game. I want to see. I want to handpick the two top teams. If it if it comes to that to that scenario, if you're going to be the fourteen and you're not in the Power Five. I want to see you play one extra game against each other in an elimination game, and then you're in. What do you think about that? Am I yeah. over caffeinated? <laughs> they did it. They kind of did it last year when the, because of all the games getting canceled for COVID. Remember, they were wasn't it Coastal Carolina and somebody out west weren't they playing scheduling games just to try and get marquee games so they could maybe get into the playoff? I think it happened with Coastal Carolina last year. Maybe uh, Cincinnati did that too. Well, somebody last year. It, I it. think it, I think it was Coastal because they ended mm-hmm. up playing by what BYU on like BYU. a short week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'll. It, who knows? It's an interesting year. I think a, after yesterday, uh, there were doubts about Alabama. I don't think those doubts are there anymore. I think everybody knows they're ahead of the pack. I think the the other question you have is Georgia. Georgia's that good, I think, too, because I actually picked Arkansas to beat them yesterday, hoping for a surprise, because just Arkansas speed and all that, um, I thought they might might be able to surprise them because I didn't think Georgia was what everybody thought they were. I don't that Clemson win doesn't mean shit, obviously. So, so uh, looking at that, um, I don't know. It's wide open beyond that. You know, Kentucky. Everybody else kind of Kentucky. Kentucky actually. They were saying, they saying Stoops is the number, the second longest tenured coach in the SEC now. The only game I won yesterday was Tennessee. (laughs) 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 No, no, Stoops has been around. That's a sad day. Stoops has been around forever. Um, Yeah, you know, you know that the day didn't make any sense when the only game you win is the Tennessee game and Tennessee I actually picked win. them you to win. Bet. I you went straight yeah, money you, line. You did, if you bet against them, then that would make sense. Yeah. You actually bet them and then they covered. That's how upside down the yesterday was. Yeah, it, it yeah. was crazy. I was watching, looking at all. Like I look at McAfee, his his groups, the other. I just look at all the the groups. And I don't think anybody did well yesterday. It was so upside down. So. I had oh. some, I had some, but I had some. The over in the Alabama game killed me, and then I listened to some idiot. I don't know why he picked that. Said he said the over twenty four and a half in the Notre Dame Cincinnati game. I'm like, those are two of the better defenses around. Why would I take the over? But I did it. But it didn't matter because uh, the Alabama over was. I sprinkled that everywhere, and it didn't. I happen. never even should have Georgia, did that. That never had a I chance. Had the, I had the Georgia. It was pretty high, but it, I mean they've done it a bunch of times. I had the Georgia under, and they they went under. And then I had the 
over in the weight game, but I didn't put that in anything. I had Kentucky, but then I didn't put it in anything because my brother said that he took Florida in his pool. I had Texas, Michigan. I had Michigan. What a, mm. That was a crooked line. Wisconsin, after that embarrassing offensive you know, exhibition against Notre Dame, they were two-and-a-half-point favorites against Michigan. Made no sense to me. Hmm. Michigan Michigan beat them out of three touchdowns. That, that was one. And then I had West Virginia. Michigan, I think, is a real deal. They didn't take it. Well, hopefully Michigan, you know, because I'd like to see some Big Ten games at the end that are like, when, when's the last time you've seen an undefeated, you see like a four-loss team from the West division you know, like Northwestern's playing Ohio State, and you're like, this is yeah. the Big Ten championship game. I want to see an undefeated <laughs> Iowa team. I don't think that the Iowa team's going to win. But I want to see an undefeated Iowa team play whoever comes out of the other side with no losses. I want Ohio State gone because I want to see Michigan or Penn State. I kind of want to see Penn State or Michigan come out of the other side. I don't think Michigan State's that good. Um, they just uh, haven't played anybody, really. I think there's an element of that. I think – think they're good i just don't think they're anything special i think michigan's legit though um well we we've been going quite a while what else you got you got anything you want to touch no, I on just, i was uh ready for a depressing day <laughs> yeah i mean like i said it i don't it's it's almost to the point where i don't even put the volume on yeah it's so even more depressing when they talk about like start rattling off you know bad statistics and Jeez. I mean, it was so bad. And they, and they were actually in that game into the fourth quarter. I mean, I told you, I said, I feel like they're either going to get blown out or the Bears will win a close game. I don't think they're going to lose a close game. Like, And they didn't cover, you know, yeah. come close to covering. But they were still – it was still a one-score game after that. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over, right? I mean, he took nine sacks. But he didn't, yeah. and he threw for 60 yards, and he somehow didn't turn it over. How do you not turn it over? At least get a strip sack. Nine of them. Derek Thomas Derek Thomas would have had if – if he was Miles Garrett, he would have had four and a half sacks, and three of them would have been strip sacks, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, dude. That, he, that was, and that was probably had a recovery for a touchdown. <laughs> Derek Thomas would have. Yeah. But, no, it was, I, I'm not too optimistic, <laughs> so – it was you like know. watching an overmatched high school football team, like where one team's really, really bad, and they can't do anything against the other team that's like a state power. That's what I, it felt like. That's how big of a mismatch it was. And it wasn't anybody good. It was the Browns. Like we're not the talking Browns. It wasn't the <laughs> wasn't the Ravens or something. Now they have to play the Ravens later this year, but it wasn't like and the Ravens defense isn't the Ravens defense of old. No. So it wasn't it wasn't anybody that was really going to a world beater defense, but good Lord. Here's, here's, here's what we'll end on. And it's my hopes for next year because I don't have any for this year in Chicago. Mm -mm. This is Aaron Rodgers last year in green Bay. I think it's probably pretty safe to say he comes to Chicago for one year revenge tour against the Packers. We sit Justin Fields. He learns under the tutelage of Aaron Rodgers for a year. We have a new head coach. That that's the only way I can feel like this first year just like Justin Fields not playing is not wasted. If he's learning from Aaron Rodgers. That's the nah. And then Aaron Rodgers takes over as quarterback coach. You just 
you know, <laughs> you just turned over a whole new rock with all kinds of stuff underneath <laughs> it, layers and stuff. I mean, that's the whole, would, would you have, would you have, you know, wanted Brett Favre or an Aaron Rodgers or some, you know, to a lesser extent, the Dennis Rodman, you know, did you feel like that was, did you look, did you applaud when they signed Dennis Rodman? Because that's the arch enemy, you know, that's part of yeah. the, the arch enemy. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I um, think Aaron Rodgers hates Green Bay too. So he's all right by me. <laughs> he's lived there so long though. I don't know how Aaron Rodgers does not seem like he could just live in Green Bay and just be like, Hey, it's Wednesday. Let's go to half price apps at Chili's. Yeah. Like you're in Green Bay, dude. Green Bay. <laughs> I've been to Green Bay. It's a, it is a terrible, terrible, terrible place. <laughs> no, like, so if that's you're not if you're not an executive for a meatpacking company where you're you just going no to wait. <laughs> you're the quality control, you gotta go check out the plant. There's no reason to be in Green Bay. It is just <laughs> it's flat earth. I mean, there's the lake there, I guess. That's about it. I don't yeah. Know. I don't want to trash them. I got an Indian casino that has a lot of my money. So, <laughs> no, I get that. Well, you got anything else? No, I mean, I guess I'm just like you said. This will be the game that they'll win because yeah, <laughs> you know, it'll be the game they win because it because it doesn't matter. It, it, it's what it comes down to. So yeah, there's an, there's so, not a lot of W's left on that schedule either. So the, no. I looked at it. I, it's it's going to get bismal. It's going to yeah. get bismal. So, so, yeah, well, if that didn't give you something to keep your ears perked to this lovely podcast. Um, it's a good day to make chili. Yeah, it is chili. a great chili day. Enjoy your chili, Pleasant View. Yeah. <laughs> so, see you guys. Bear down. Bear down. Yeah.